Welcome back, everybody. I am Stefan Adika. You're an artist on record, your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. And if it is your first time here and you love vinyl and rock and roll stories, subscribe. Hit the bell to be reminded so you don't miss any other episodes. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. The year was 1986. They had songs, I Want Action, Cry Tough, Look What the Cat Dragged In. I won't forget you, baby. Talk dirty to me. We have right here, Ricky Rocket of Poison. You're not going to miss this one, everybody. I saw you guys before, maybe right before your first album came out, Lamore's in Brooklyn. And I saw two bands there before they hit. Hanoi Rocks, maybe 85, Two Steps from the Move. Lemoore's in Brooklyn was in Bay Ridge. It was out the rock capital. And you guys played. It might have been maybe 50, 100 people in the club. And I remember seeing you guys. And I go, wow, look at this band. I remember the drop at the knees. I remember you playing. I remember the hand up. I was like, wow, look how cool. And the songs were so catchy and great. And then that first album... still have and if you go look look at this yeah look at that wow what a great album and for you guys out there on youtube every song is fantastic on here on this record when i was when i was an early teenager it was kiss and aerosmith and all that fun shit right and then disco came in of course of course and uh, was just obliterating everything. And then, you know, punk rock and new waves, you know, snuck in by the time uh, I was in high school. But then there was light at the end of the tunnel. There was bands like, you know, Super Tramp. And there was, at least there was good music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think the other alternative punk rock, I mean, you had punk rock, right? That was challenging everything pop. But so was prog rock. That was challenging everything too. Oh yeah, just yeah. in its own way and a completely different way. But it didn't have the social movement to go with it, so it didn't become, you know, it wasn't sexy enough. Cool <laughs> it wasn't sexy enough. <laughs> it was easier to get punk, right? You know, it, it but, was and easier then, to get punk. Yes, and then punk sort of morphed into you know. Um, uh, new wave and that sort of young romantics kind of thing that was big in Brooklyn, you know, talking um, in your sleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> little, but yeah. that whole style, you know what I mean? It was, uh, you know, it was one. It, there, there was so many interesting things going on at one time, but the East Coast just stayed in that new wave thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it started to get electronic. You know. People started looping tapes, and all, all of a sudden it got electronic. And I'm like, "This isn't. We can't go there. We're not. Yeah. We're not going to. Uh, we're, we're just not going to. I couldn't go to that. I, I just. I'm an organic player. You know what I mean? For me, um, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's badass. Um, Robert Fripp and all these people are doing all this crazy, cool shit. But that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to take rock onto a stage and have it big. We knew the things we had to do. 
but with punk rock. I mean, the reason I always say we had punk rock roots is it's not really our sound that had punk rock roots. It was how we did business. You know, we couldn't get a gig anywhere. We were under 21, most of us. Um, nobody was wanting to hire a hard rock band. So we just started to do everything ourselves. I looked, I'd go into the music stores and see how they were doing flyers and mailing lists and doing all this stuff like DIY, right? So we just started to do, do it that way, do everything ourselves. And if you want to be punk rock, start your own business. You know what I mean? Do it your way. That's the way to go up against it. And um, so we started running like American Legion halls, like mm -hmm, all that mm -hmm. yeah. kind of stuff, skating yeah. ring. Um, and then we knew, you know, we started to figure out exactly who we were. You know what I mean? Because we started as a cover band. You know what I mean? And well, the, then, covers you, you know, the covers you were doing, what, were you, what was in your set back then? Um, a lot of 70s stuff. Yeah. Alice Cooper, you know, Is It My Body? Like all kinds of stuff like that. Um, uh, Scorpions, um, Judas Priest, um, wow. Wow. and, and we do like Tommy Two-Tone, right? Just so it was on the list, but mm -hmm. it rocked, you know what I mean? Really? Like it wasn't like, it was solid. It was hard hitting, right? Um, uh, so we knew how to mix it up and, and then we started to put our own stuff in there and we started to get a following like that, but it would have never, I don't think ever been big enough back there to ever propel us uh really to where we wanted to go it was all happening out here motley crew was playing the us festival and rat got a deal but i feel like once we got here when we got here people were past the rats and motley crews they were trying to sign <clears throat> everybody thought this was going to be this heavy movement which there was but it it it, it didn't come out of los angeles so much but um, but there was bands like Malice and Keel and all those bands. Everyone thought they were going to be freaking absolutely huge. Yeah. And, and they weren't, it just didn't, people were still wanting to, eh, we haven't had enough of that rat and Molly crew kind of stuff yet. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We haven't had enough Van Halen and Aerosmith. We haven't had, you know, and so, you know, we were able to, I think, hang in there, but, uh, we still were not amassing a following out here yet. And it, we were trying to figure it out. There was bands like Witch that was just stomping us into the ground. Like bands like that were doing really, really good. You know? the East Coast, well, East Coast was a little harder scene. It wasn't so glam, too. I remember this band like Prophet was like the big prog type rock. There's Talus, you know what I mean? Back then in the East Talus. Coast. Yeah, Talus. sure. Lachine's band. Right. It was not so. It wasn't the flamboyant rock or like the New York Dolls stuff that people thought it was in New York. It you really know, the rods, you know, the rods. <laughs> shit like that. You know. the, all the bands that would come to Lamar, I remember it was real heavy metal type vibe. And then it was just a whole different scene. How did you connect with the guys in Poison? I know before CeCe, because he was, CeCe wasn't with you guys back then. You had another guitar. Nah, band. he was with a bunch of bands like Wicked Lester and all kinds of one hand other. clap. <laughs> did you did you meet CC in California? You didn't meet him East Coast? Yes. In California. Yeah, we did. We came out here with a guy named Matt Smith. <laughs> and um 
we had already met Jim Faraci, who engineered the Rat album, and he was super behind us. Um, and uh, Kenny Austin from Atlantic really liked our band. So, you know, we thought we were going to get a deal with Atlantic, <clears throat> and it just didn't happen. Um, and then uh, Matt got his girlfriend pregnant and wanted to go home and marry her and do the wow. right thing. And mm -hmm. uh, he had just had enough. I mean, he was, you know, the way we handled being out here and not having any money was just to have fun to go and just work and keep our heads focused on promoting our band, being with chicks, just, you know, out every night doing something. And Matt wasn't that kind of guy. He just, that wasn't his thing. He liked to hang at home and there was nothing to stay at home for. I mean, we had a crappy apartment and nobody wanted to, you know what I mean? So, you know, you know, I'd wake up in the morning. I couldn't wait to get the hell out of the apartment because there was nothing there. Right. Um, and, what a scene uh, it was back then when you got there, huh? The strip was packed. It was it was a rock and roll circus. It truly was, Ricky. It was, and you know, Athena, Tommy Lee's sister, was one of the first people to like take us around and show us the ropes. And you know, oh, we're going to go to the Rainbow. I know, but it's two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but the parking lot's happening. Okay, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, there was just all these different things that we didn't know, and. Um, uh, so anyway, so she was, she was, uh, she did our makeup for the first album cover, by the way. Oh, really? Really? Uh, so this is Athena yeah, that did this, yeah. huh? So if anybody doesn't like our album cover, you can blame Athena. <laughs> That's great. So she did it. That's you can great, inadvertently man. blame Motley Crue's sister. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, she's a wonderful person, by the way. Um, yeah. I won't forget you, baby. So that album cover, we love the idea of like Kiss Rock and Roll Over. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, the art department at Enigma was only so much at the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we did those photos. And the way they did, um, CeCe had had a breakout, right? Literally. I, I, and he was like all red and everything like that. So they tried to cover it up with makeup and it didn't look right. So they're like, don't worry about it. We're just, we're just, you know, airbrush it after. Well, back then you didn't have Photoshop. It was like literally airbrush it, put the photo and hit it with paint. Okay. So you can't just do one guy. Now you got to do everybody, you yeah. know? So it got, over the top like it went from some makeup to like over the top and we're like screw it let's just go fuck it over the top like enigma's like yeah why not let's just like let's gender bend let's just take it to the next level and then and then uh we did the back cover with a different photographer um <clears throat> rob jones did the cover of that and then um john scarpati did the uh the back cover and the inside cover who's an amazing photographer. He's in Nashville now. And Rob Jones, of course, went and bought canac.com. So that's what he went on to do. But Cry Tough was the first single. It was the first didn't single. work, by the way. It didn't work, huh? Yeah, it didn't work. It, it fell flat. Um, Did you guys have it out? Did you guys like, okay, we want this, we want that. Did you go back and forth what you wanted for the first single on this album? Yes. And uh, and I do remember lots of discussions about that. But Enigma thought 
that Krytov would made the most sense. So we did that video at the palace. And uh, what we did was, uh, and it, you know, it wasn't a ton of money, but we had some moving cameras and stuff in the audience. <clears throat> and what we did was, uh, I think we did like four passes before the crowd got there on stage. Five passes, one of the band and then one of each member. And then the crowd came in and we did, did our show and then stopped and said, we're making a video tonight. We're going to play this to track because that's the way you do videos and it's really weird. So just work with us. <laughs> and I think we went through it and then that was it. They just edited like six takes together. That was cry tough. And there was a couple like some B roll, you know, uh, in the dressing room and stuff like that. But And then when we did, you know, we didn't think we were going to get another single. Well, wow. uh, but Rat decided to take us on the road. So if you want to catch more, Ricky, click right on that box right there. And also, please don't forget the first of the month. We have a vinyl showdown. We could win records from us and other prizes. Links will be in the description down below. You got to be in it to win it. And follow us on your favorite podcast, whether it's iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, Artist on Record. Take us with you in the bathroom, in the car, wherever you want. Just don't get wild and crazy. All righty? Everybody, remember, it's only rock and roll, and we like it. And always remember, who loves you, baby? We do.